0: All right, welcome back to Havana Cafe.
1: Episode number
0: 126. 126, and uh, we got a lot of ground to catch up in terms of catching up with each other. I know, other. it's
1: been a few weeks.
0: It's been a few weeks. For us. For, yeah, well, yeah, for us, I think, for the listeners, of course. She, it should have been seamless for you with our... Um, ha- yeah. I was gonna say Halloween, but well, I guess Valentine's Day is kind of like Halloween. We had that episode.
1: Halloween is like valentine's day
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) and um
1: (laughs) okay we're gonna move past that we'll
0: we'll move past that yes anyway so here we are again cut back up with ourselves and mainly because it's uh, me there, i've been
1: you've been running around the world around
0: the world traveling well Well, i guess the western part of the world yeah um so yeah so we're now back together again Coffee-wise, happy happy happy. i
1: always like taking a break in the sense that i always appreciate how much it reminds me how important it is to come back and do this you know it's sort of like you know I took a week off of teaching yoga as well because it was half term in the UK and everyone sort of goes by this kind of schedule so we had a week off and it's it's nice to take a week off of the things that you're doing because it reminds you of what you're getting out of them when you you know because you yeah. don't you know it's sort of the awareness when, it, when there's a lack yeah I really felt that with the podcast too it's sort of that little drip feed and motivation to read stuff and, and, yeah. just, and just get into the zone and of have a
0: coffee and talk yeah. about some things. Yeah, that's right. To figure out life. Yeah, you, you definitely can tell when it's not there when you, we have that slot and it's yeah. yeah you don't occupy it with the thing that you normally would occupy it with. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No good. So, um, what have you been up to since the last time I saw you? I hardly recognise you now. It's been so long. <laughs>
1: Um, what have I been up to you just had the some usual stuff Yeah yep yeah. um yep yeah. that's yeah I I don't know. I it's been like like I said to you a minute ago it's the February has just literally been like a blur yeah. I, I, January was very clearly marked out in weeks and I was sort of keeping up with my to-do list and my goals and you know I've got a I've got a good system this year that I've started at the new year that's working out for me in terms of like, You know how to organize all my thoughts Hmm. and making weekly goals and daily goals and monthly goals and all that kind of stuff and keeping myself accountable. It's all stuff we have to do whether we're self-employed or not, isn't it? At some level, and um, yeah, February has just—I don't know where it's gone. Hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing stuff, but yeah, you know, I think also. You have those times when you are taking away at stuff, but you're not really accomplishing anything. You're not really doing anything that completes tasks. Okay. So you feel a little bit like, what have I been doing? And then all of a sudden, you have a month or a week or whatever it is, where suddenly you get loads done. Hmm. So I'm hoping. that. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's what this is, and yeah. March will just you know. Rock. You'll catch
0: up with yourself. And you suddenly, say, oh, yeah, you'll be that's like, what oh, with I've, yeah. compl- I've
1: accomplished so much. But you know, I think all work is a little bit like that, isn't it? It sort of goes in cycles and you have weeks and and days where you just, you know, are kicking stuff out. And then other weeks where you just, you feel like you just didn't quite get anything done even though you were working. So maybe that's just the ebb and flow of the the work life. Also
0: probably plays with time a little bit as well, doesn't it, From thinking back to the episode that we have. So sometimes time seems to speed up. Sometimes it seems slower based off of what you, what are you doing? Yeah. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see what, as you say, when you reflect on, because it is March now, isn't it? So when you reflect on February, what actually happened yeah. in February. I think
1: the other thing that's been good about this new system that I've, that I've had, um, and I'm all analog on this. I know you're, mm. you're like the digital representative here and I'm still in my notebook with my actual pen, like mm. making, and my, color, my pe- colored pens. you know pens. What?
0: I've gotten so bad with just being all electronic that I forget to have a pen. And then I'm in a situation when yeah. I need a pen. It's yeah. like, oh, I got nothing to write with. Yeah. I'll take a picture. <laughs> yeah. And then type it, type it, type it. Yeah. So, yeah. So. so but um,
1: yeah. Anyway, um, can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, something oh, oh I, think, I think just that the system that I'm working with now and the way that I'm sort of making my lists and all that kind of stuff, it's quite nice. To sort of keep track, like I'm keeping track every week of like my to-do lists for the week and what I've accomplished. And I'm not just throwing those pieces of paper away because they're all (laughs) you're gonna laugh. They're in my file of facts.
0: Ah, Yeah. Uh-huh. I mentioned that to someone the other day. I said, Do you have I was talking about a Rolodex? And they looked at me like i was crazy
1: oh yeah that's
0: really <laughs> and like rolodex what the heck is that rolodex yeah, yeah.
1: so this is different there's a file effects
0: all right wow well, it's still file paper
1: o- yes it, it is it is paper it is <laughs> paper, paper but you know keeping those things has been quite good mentally because it reminds me if i go back you know, what I have done. It's Hmm. way easy to get quite down on yourself about because you forget the things that you've done. You're just always into the next thing or what you haven't done for the week, what you haven't finished off, what you haven't checked off, or that you haven't finished everything on on the list. But um, yeah, so I think mentally that's been quite good to actually keep those lists and go, actually, Hmm. yes. In January, I did all of these things. And in February, I did all of these things. So, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I get that. I, I, I think one of the reasons that I like doing the electronic bit is that I get to tag everything. So,
1: oh, what if right. I'm wanting
0: to think about a subject, like, I don't know meditation and, I tag, and it brings back all the things that i've tagged with meditation over oh, time that's so
1: like your spider web mind yeah and well, i've that, got absolutely. my list yeah, yeah. yeah
0: absolutely so it yeah, brings yeah. All that, you that you've that gotta stuff just back, keep
1: trying stuff i think and find yeah. what's working you know and i suppose that'll constantly change but
0: yeah, no, I think it's um, you yeah. know kind of find and fill your sort of flow where you're gonna go. And as we were talking about this particular subject, it was just making me think about the whole sort of goal thing. And I we're not gonna that's not our conversation this month, but it was that. I mean, this is us firing out to the listeners to say it's March. How are you getting on with your 2019
1: yeah. goals? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the sort of good thing about having a system in which you can see days, months, and weeks all in the same kind of general place Mm. because you can sort of keep track of that, can't you, in a way that if you're just looking at your daily to-do list, you sort of it's great to dive deep into what you need to do that day and just focus. But also if you're never pulling yourself back and seeing a bigger okay, picture. And, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. so
0: what, um, what's been on your mind this week or at least since the last I, I've seen you?
1: I've been, um, yeah, I've been having some quite a few thoughts around yoga recently, which is no surprise. Hmm. That's what I'm doing most weeks, but, um, I've been quite, I've, I've gone back to have had several things happen over the past two weeks-ish that have made me revisit the way that we think about thoughts versus emotions versus how they relate to our body, so like our, our physical body. Hmm. So, um, And then, of course, with the yogi, you sort of add this energetic element to it. Um, which may or may not correspond to things as they happen in sort of the emotional realm. So just sort of thinking about all those things and sort of spinning off in different directions. And I, um, read parts of a book that I've been meaning to read for ages called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's by, um, Bessel van der Kolk, I think, um, is how you say that. But, um, it's one of those books that over the last six months, I would say, about four different people, totally unrelated, right. have mentioned it. So you know how that happens and suddenly you're like, all right, the universe is telling me to read this book. Read this book. So it's about um, how it, it, it's quite focused on trauma right. and how trauma gets um, stored in the physical body, which, of course, I find really interesting as a you know practitioner working with people. Um, but... You know, I think you can take what is an extreme set of situations because this guy's really um, very in the Western psychology realm. He's a psych- psychiatrist, yeah. and he's working with he he originally is doing training and working with um, Vietnam soldiers and PT and beginnings of like PTSD and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and has various you know movements through his career where he's working with different people you know women as well who are you know have experienced intense trauma but i think when you can see an extreme example you can also think about like bringing that back and how that applies even in sort of less extreme instances hmm. um
0: i think there's quite a definite connection mind your thoughts emotions and the body.
1: Yeah, completely.
0: Um, I was doing some work with a lady this week, um, and I'm glad that interaction happened how it happened, because it illustrated exactly what you were saying. So, I think, uh, you know, very rational thinking person, and so we were having this conversation, and, and I just said a phrase, and then her whole body, you know, curls up, and she gets... Got really nervous freaked and all. Out, yeah. just freaked out, and so she could feel the physicalness, physical change in her body, plus the emotional anxiety just from. And I literally, it was just a, a sentence that I said, right? And but their connection with the thought that then transpired to emotions, it then transpired to the physical um, body, yeah. sort of physical body in that that sort of way. So, and it's interesting how you can change either one of those three systems by manipulating the other system. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I completely agree. It it really they're so interlinked that you pull one, it's like a string of pearls. Like the rest of the stuff comes with it in whatever direction you're pulling. Mm. Um I mean, the thing that that has really that I've been sort of thinking about again is the fact that in yoga and in Buddhist um, meditation stuff, they don't have a separate word for emotions. Emotions are part of mind. So emotions and thought are both treated the same. And that's really different to the way that we, like Western psychology treats emotions, you know? so, So it just made me sort of revisit that and think, well, what is the difference between thoughts and emotions and and how they relate to the body and um and how
0: would you what where are you slotting that with sort of rational irrational thought
1: well so you know I, I, and,
0: I, and I say that yeah. from the sense of the thinking mind is usually the rational piece. And I'm thinking about yeah, ancient Greeks and, and the like, and then mm-hmm. looked at the emotion as the irrational. So right. part, part of your makeup, but it was the irrational it, aspect. Right, but yeah. in that
1: sense, you're both you're saying that there's maybe a different source and a different outcome of experience, but they're treated in the same category. And I think that's similar to what and so, so basically, in, in Buddhism and in yoga, a thought is, or, or the mind, everything, everything that's um, concerned with the mind is called chitta. And it's defined, they have this really good definition of it actually, let me get it. It's really, because emotions and thoughts both arise are not permanent, so they're, they're transient, they change mm. over time, and eventually they go, and they're sort of experienced through that change, yeah. but don't have some some kind of solid substance that is eternal and unchanging. It's, they're, they're treated as if they're sort of, they're treated similarly. And I was just thinking about how, um, Whether a thought is irrational or rational for the meditator, it doesn't matter. It's just a thought. It comes into your mind and you can decide whether you want to engage in it. Like, and then you're in contemplation or Mm. like stuff that we do and you follow that thought or you just observe it, observe the rising of it and, and just let it. Go, but you really are stepped back from it.
0: What and, about the idea that everything happens in the mind anyway? So, yeah, I mean, there's a,
1: exactly. So, I think that's that's their basis for everything.
0: Yeah, that the world, the universe, the whole of the universe is contained in your mind. Yeah. So, nothing, nothing that's going on is <laughs> all taking place in your head. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, so. In that sense, that's that's the sort of fundamental basis in which all of these like yoga and Buddhism go because that's where you look. You look in the mind. If you want to change anything, you go inward. And that's Mm -hmm. a sort of reason why because, yeah, so, but there's, there's sort of these different connections that you can make. So I remember, you know, my own teacher when we were doing all this yoga training and stuff, saying, you know, you can have a thought that comes in that then triggers an emotion Hmm. and then triggers a bodily sensation of that emotion. So if you have a thought about, you know, a fight that you had with a friend and then you feel anger and then you feel the sensation of that anger in wherever, you know. You can have things go in a different way. So you can have an emotion that arises, and I've i have I've had this happen, probably most people have had this happen, where you have an emotion, and you don't know where it's come from. It's just you're angry, or you're really, really sad, and it hasn't, it, it appears to have come out of nowhere, or with to have no cause in the sense of a thought. You know, it wasn't like you remembered something sad, and then you felt sad, it's like the emotion came first. And sometimes what happens with this is that, you know, the emotion arises, and we feel the sensation and then we look to attach a thought to it you so know would, like would, so would, we want because we're meaning making creatures yeah. aren't we so we want that that energetic experience I would, my to, only
0: co- question on that would be about this idea of the sort of conscious mind and the subconscious mind yeah and you're because you're applying thought but i'm thinking about triggers so your emotion will be triggered yes, by totally, something that you completely. might not be aware of you That's might not right. have had a thought but and it but related to your your statement there about we're meaning-seeking creatures, one of the other things is that we do is we seek patterns.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the
0: brain looks for patterns. So while you might have not had a conscious thought,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, your brain would have saw the pattern that says, all right, you need to react like this because this pattern totally. has just been triggered. And so the emotion wells up. And so it,
1: that's, yeah, yeah, totally. I completely agree. That's what a lot of the sort of body stuff is. Is like, you know, a lot of times it's a physical trigger that happens where your body is moved into the same position, or Smell, someone, yeah, it could be anything, really, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it could be anything. So, yeah, I was just sort of thinking about that also, because the way of approaching, so, so just as a side note, there seems to be like, there's plenty of words in these ancient texts mm for specific emotions, like there is a word for anger, there is a word for sad, there's a word for joy, there's a word for fear, but there's not a word that separates out emotions as a separate category different from other thoughts, I suppose. And and the way that they define all of these things is that, is it with this word cheetah, um, is it's anything that concerns, um, sorry. It's anything that catches and holds our attention and what we either move towards or move away from. And then you get the whole sort of attraction and aversion thing. Mm. So in that sense, they're treating thoughts and emotions as similar. And yeah, I'm just sort of trying to unpick this all because, you know, there's, there's times when we have, um, you know, I, I, have quite a lot of, um, different people in my life who, um have talked to me about their experience of anxiety and i have more experience myself with depression i don't have a lot of experience personally with anxiety hmm. but there are times in which people seem to have sort of a non-specific anxiety like there is the physical reaction in your body but it doesn't seem to have a trigger and I ent- kind of wonder what you know And then so it, we don't really in the, in the western world have a, a way of necessarily thinking about this unless you go into the unconscious mind which it, it could easily be but then also I wonder how much of this is also about this sort of physical body linked up with the energetic body that yoga and acupuncture and all these other things mm. sort of Work on which is there is energy, and energy can get trapped, and energy can become a certain way flowing in our body. And we experience that in a sort of physical sensation, which reminds us of is that how you define it?
0: What an emotion is a physical sensation.
1: Well, I, I they, mean you were
0: saying that yeah, thought, but I, I'm not so sure that emotion just necessarily means thinking. Am I? Yes. Totally. It was a feeling.
1: So, yeah. So this, this um, article that I've been reading from this um, guy on Buddhism, which is really got I'll link to it in the show notes, was um, saying emotions have a mental component that distinguishes them from other types of bodily sensations. So there's your, your bodily sensations, there's um, thought. But then, if a thought triggers a bodily sensation, that's what we call emotion. I wonder if that's
0: yeah, there's, something. Well, I'm just looking to here. That. There's um, essentially only six basic emotions, mm-hmm. um, or eight, depending on which theorist you're right, okay. after. Yeah. So you're talking uh, anger, fear, sadness, joy, disgust, surprise. Um, Disgust, did I say disgust, trust mm-hmm. and anticipation apparently are the eight basic emotions yeah. um, that and, we experience. And
1: the Buddhists would just divide those into two categories and say there are experiences in which we want to move towards and experience which we want to move away from. So, yeah. you know, there's either that would that's but how that we divide... Or Everything. A feeling
0: or it's a, a physical. A, it's
1: a it, that moment moves into action.
0: Hmm. So that so physical action, yeah. physical, mental. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying that there's an experience, <laughs> yeah. and then that experience we either enjoy and want more of, or we don't enjoy and we want to get rid of, or
0: yeah, but get you rid of. Want more, more f- fear or sadness or thing some people do. Right, exactly. This, so yeah. I think
1: what that what I'm saying is there's a different categorization in when we think about these emotions. Exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. you move are moving towards So what are the functions that,
0: of emotions if we're looking at it from that point of view? What do emotions do for us as human beings?
1: Well, I think this this whole like bot the body keeps the score book where they're doing a lot of like, you know, scientific testing on these different things with brain scans Mm. with heart rate with all kinds of stuff Um, you know there's a lot of talk about about just you know the the survival mechanism as we've Mm. evolved you know so you have you know emotions and and the energetic body is really in this kind of discussion uh, conversation about the nervous system and whether we're in flight or flight Fright or or sorry, what what is it? Fight, fight, flight <laughs> or freeze, <laughs> yeah. or whether we are, you know, moving towards that thing, um, and we're feeling relaxed and happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so we have this like basic survival mechanism that's sort of trying to interpret the world and stuff. So yeah, so it's yeah. I guess
0: some of it is tied into how it helps us to. I don't know if manipulate the world is the right word, but it's how do we interact with the world that's around us. And yeah, some of these triggers are survival. So fear is a good one, for instance. Um, I was watching a video um, that was talking about this very kind of concept, and they were Showing that, in fact, they use like the saber-toothed tiger and the bird. And again, it was about whether well, rational thought, irrational thought, emotions, that kind of thing. Um, and at some point in our history, you come across a tiger and your kid gets eaten by it. Our fear then is that thing is a thing to run away from, to use right. your Because yep, yep, yep. totally. when we did it last time, it was you know, bad. It was bad.
1: Totally. Yep.
0: Um, but then we have this other component to be able to think and rationalize because the analogy they use is what happens if a bird was flying by and your kid died from some other thing but what your mind right. connects is the bird and the baby dying, so do you yeah, now fear yeah. all all birds.
1: Well and of course then you get the superstitions don't you? Yeah, you yeah. get
0: all those sort of things so it's like it's. I think sometimes our mechanisms that we have are both blessings and curses. Yeah, totally. So it's great to fear the the tiger because you're gonna get eaten so I need to flee
1: yeah but
0: I can't I just apply that to everything otherwise I'll never yeah. get anything done and we'll always be fleeing yeah so then we have the capacity to interpret and then make decisions based off of that but a lot all of it will be ba- based off of your past experience or collective experience of the species I guess or your culture yeah, huh? yeah. Um, and then your own so the person I was working with you know this week, um, you know one of the things she asked me was you know there's everyone was she wanted to be like someone else and I was like well they'll be dealing with the same situation but they'll have a different set of experiences and drawn different conclusions but yeah yeah you know, so even if you were them it wouldn't you would attack the situation would be in their eyes because you don't have the exact same experiences and yeah, whatever yeah. you're drawn upon to you know get your brain to play the program that it, it sort of plays yeah so i think part of our journey sometimes is to figure out what those triggers are so you know i get angry i was i was mad but why what's the trigger what thing triggered that response that says look, when this happens here's the program that you work so you know we cut off and look at the brain as the software and we've got to program it yeah and all your experiences that you lead up to where you are now are part of the programming
1: yeah
0: and and we have to because otherwise we wouldn't be able to cope so if you're imagine if you had to think and make a thought and a decision for every process that's running right now you wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it so Brain has to codify it has to make patterns, yeah it has to say okay, when these sets of patterns, this is the
1: reaction to get
0: yeah um,
1: I mean, I think that that's that moment when you have to pause and then question where it 's come from because that that 's sort of as both a yoga teacher and like someone who 's trying to practice on myself and yeah. use this sort of path to sort of yeah then. Let me see if I can like explain this. Like basically, the way of training both, or, or the yeah, the way of training, or the way of practice, or the way of um, approaching these experiences, whether they are a thought or whether they are an emotion, is both very similar. Hmm. So they're sort of because they're sort of treated as things that are occurring in in the mind that are interpreted. And filtered through those those systems, then what you're encouraged to do is to step back and just observe. And the way that you do that is by looking into the body. So you have a thought and you observe it. And if it's something that has hooked you, in other words, it's like not a thought that's like, I need to remember to do, hmm. you know, so and so, or I need to remember to pick, you know. Soap up at the grocery store, whatever. It's something that that has a sort of deeper hook, a deeper story for you, or it has an emotional response that that is in your in yourself. Then, then the practice is to look and see what physical sensation is that like. What is that like? And that's how you become a sort of observer. Because I think what happens is that we have um, too much we get confused about relating who we are to these emotions. Do you know what I mean? And that's where the the real difficulty comes Mm. because we can't, we we keep replaying all these things because they become part of who we think we are. So we have like the same trigger. That's part of a story about who we are and what's happened to us and what this means. And then it just replays, doesn't it? Mm. And like in order to sort of backtrack out of that habitual response, you have to go into the body, you know, and, and just when you get triggered w- or when you have an emotion to, to, instead of just going with it and allow the so momentum when you say of that, into the body, I mean,
0: what do you mean by that? I mean,
1: like, instead of um, reacting out of anger in the way that you, whatever way you normally do, whether that's to run away, whether that's to yell, whatever, <laughs> is to just sit and, and say, wait a minute. Okay. Where am I feeling this? What is this like?
0: But what does that do? That's what I'm asking for you. So you go into the body and what are you doing with that? So I've, I feel the anger in my gut.
1: And you just watch it.
0: And do what with it? Nothing. Even if there is someone coming at you to do well, some harm uh, yeah, to you? Yeah,
1: yeah, No, no, no. In that case, yes. But yeah. I think that's so, uh, not uh, some, most of...
0: Some did, so the context for this contemplation, are you or I'm not yeah, sure what yeah. you're saying. So what's the context that you're putting this in? Cause anger has a use. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But
1: then you think about, um, you know, if we think about star Wars and you think about the, you know, well, I suppose the one that, that always strikes me is, um, in the first one where Anakin's young. So mm. number one, where, um, Qui-Gon Jinn is fighting the mm. Sith, and, you know, they're, they're, um, they have these moments where they're barred off by those laser wall things and they can see each other but you know you see the Sith sort of stays in his anger doesn't he whereas um, you know Qui-Gon is like immediately pulls down this is calm and brings himself back and I suppose that's what I mean It's like but it depends
0: on Again it depends on your outcomes I'm thinking as a Doobin Judo Yeah So and Or even as a soldier even So part of the reasons Why you drill and, and this is Coming back to your point About building things Into body have a body wisdom Right So the reason we do drills Over and over and over So that you Put that in your body Right. So that I don't have to think or have an emotion, the body responds when those conditions happen because if you think about, if I'm thinking, there's that fraction of a second to think what do I do next is the difference between when they're losing. So you have to, you have to, you have to rely on, you have to program it into your body so that you have the body wisdom that's happening. And in the sense of, you know, you know, if you think about the Star Wars con- context, because Luke does ask uh, Yoda, you know, is the force stronger? Because he's thinking about anger and it seems to make you stronger. Um, and he's kind of, it's, it's different. It's not stronger. It's just different. And again, it comes back to what outcome are you t- trying to achieve? Because there's yeah. some usefulness in
1: yeah, yeah, anger using and that, hate yeah, and, yeah, and any yeah. of
0: those. Or do I center myself and become calm? So I think as a judoka, yeah, that's
1: interesting, right?
0: Um, when I was trying to make something happen, you know, I know all the moves, I know, and I know that I'm strong. So I was trying to force right. things. Those matches are infinitely harder than the ones where I take the kui gong approach and just sort of, you know, I'm not going to try and force anything. Don't even know what's going to happen, but I'll just right. trust the body wisdom. And then let my body feel its way through it. And the match is a lot easier. Yeah. In that sort of sense.
1: Yeah, it, that is very interesting. I just... I, I think what's... what's um, It just sort of made me really get a bit deeper into thinking about how we attach stories to emotions. And what happens... And, and I suppose... Emotions are the thing that we really experience in the physical body. And most of the time, if we're trying to work through it, it's because the feeling we get in our body when that emotion is there is really uncomfortable. What about the
0: emotion, how you feel it in your head as well? I mean, when you say body, I'm thinking all of your body to include your mind. And I'm I'm specifically thinking about stories and movies and stuff like that. So, um, like, for instance, you know, when we talk about presentations in the workplace, if you just stick to facts, you don't move people. The facts, you just hear all the facts and then, you know, you get blank
1: yeah, faces. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you create the story and context and show a meaning around it and build a story around that, a narrative, then people mm-hmm. get drawn into the story
1: yeah, and
0: then they both understand and they feel Yeah, you could have the other way and then you can just rely on manipulating people's emotion but then they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing it's almost a thing that works
1: yeah, together where I need you
0: to feel and to understand yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and think and I was thinking about um, so I've been watching a number of different movies over the last little week or so and then what makes some movies work and some that don't and how you can just forget that you even exist right some movies are so absorbing yeah that two and a half hours goes by and you don't even remember who you know you weren't even you yeah were, yeah you were in the movie um which i think are very those are very well done movies and, and yeah, very yeah. clever in which we can project ourselves into the story so much that you're part of that but you feel what the protagonist is feeling you get
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: anxious angry scared all these things yeah um and you're almost turn well you don't almost you do you turn off the rational mind in that sense you're not thinking
1: but you know what's interesting about that is there's like we can we watch all of those things to sort of experience those emotions even the negative ones Mm. even the the sadness or the anger or the outrage or whatever it is but I wonder if it's because on some level because we're still in another narrative we don't attach those emotions to our identity. You know, they're they're not like we still have some kind of observing separation Mm -hmm. between who we think we are and those feelings. And I wonder if that's something that we can sort of learn to do not in a way that makes us unmoved by emotions, but makes us less of a sort of like a slave to them, basically. Do you know what I
0: mean? And I I think that to me comes back to choice. So, referring to what I was talking about with a person I was working with earlier, it's to take uh, what the worst thing to do is take away your own choice. So, you have a choice on how you react or respond. So, I can respond automatically and just be angry or be nervous, but that doesn't help me. Yeah. So, you know, my thing with her was okay, well, actually, because you're just making it up anyway. You're, when we, she experienced it, well, I was thinking Friday's gonna be this, and I gotta do this, and now I'm all nervous and anxious. Well, that was just, that was a, that was a, a narrative you created in your head in that second, and your, your conscious mind and subconscious mind, your co- subconscious mind particularly doesn't distinguish between the totally. time right that sort of thing. So your body reacted as if it's happening now, but you can do the same process. Just imagine how you want Friday to turn out and you'll feel that same emotion happen in your body now as if it's happening. So it comes back to having um, the awareness to say, well, how do I want to feel or be in this situation? What. And I always talk about states. I say, what state's most useful? Do you need to be fearful? Do you need to be focused? Do you need to be relaxed? You decide what's appropriate for the situation.
1: And I think sometimes if the story is so strong that you don't feel able to, you know, like I suppose what, what what I'm really taking away in a big way from some of this is that sometimes you can start with the physical body rather than... That's with the, the quickest mind,
0: way with the physical you know. Body. So,
1: so well. I mean, not necessarily because if you can go in and just change the thought and change the sort of storyline, then everything's done.
0: It's a little bit harder sometimes. But to it's think,
1: totally harder to it's, think do that, it's Because easier. if you can
0: go the body, into the body. The body is, an, is a, yep. the body is a quick, direct way to it, and then everything will catch back up. If you want to change someone's state, the yep. quickest way to do it is through the body.
1: Yeah. It's a yeah. It's funny. I mean, uh, yeah. Can, yeah, anyway, I'm yeah. Trying, I don't know if I have anything else to, to say about that, but it's just, it's not, I, I suppose the whole thing that I'm, stu- and I'm just sort of like working this out in our conversation, but um, yeah, it's, I, I guess sort of interrogate when we have this very clear categorization between emotions and mind and body, and to, or, or thoughts and body and to think that like where is the boundary between those things or how are those things happening and you know what's the relationship to those things do you know, know what I mean and,
0: and it becomes contextual doesn't it because yeah. you don't want to be so you you have these automatic reactions for a reason for the survival bit here comes a speeding yeah. car you know jump get out of the way type yeah, yeah thing yeah. so you wouldn't want to say okay well let me stop and feel where am I feeling this fear in the middle of the road as this car is coming to me and think about that and then I won't want to react mm-hmm. to you so I think context has a lot to do with it as well so some things happen in an automatic sense because your body needs to get itself out of danger don't have time for thinking Don't have time for figuring out where stuff is so there's a reaction but equally and um, you can get yourself into a place where. You are allowing As she said um, a moment ago Where I'm just responding in a habitual way And I think we've done a show about habits So I'm just responding yeah, in yeah. a habitual way And where actually I've had time I'm not under any stress or duress Or it's not a survival yep, situation yep, yep. So maybe that's the time i become the observer That says actually Is this how I want to feel? Is this how I want to react? Um, and if not Here's how I can change that that state to put me put myself in the most resourceful place that um, I need to be and I was reading an article about um, visualization earlier Mm -hmm. this week as well and and a lot of the whole visualization aspect works along on these same principles
1: yeah right
0: so and I forgot someone asked me the question I said because what I do with presentations until I can visualize myself, especially if it's like a new program, until I can visualize and see myself on the stage doing my thing, I don't feel confident that I have it until I can see it smoothly playing out in in my head. So I do spend a lot of time on the visualization aspect. Um, And then that one, it's training, getting some of the body wisdom in there. It's seeing, your mind is seeing itself doing the thing. Um, and the reactions and, and and in essence, you're kind of programming your mind to say, this is what I want. When this situation happens This is how I need you to react or respond yeah, or yeah, how yeah, I would yeah. like to do. Um, and so visualization becomes a key tool. In fact, I think yeah. I shared that around. I think I shared it around on the social media. Um, and this person was saying, you know, take 30 seconds. There's all this, you know, take 30 seconds to visualize whatever situation you're getting ready to go into. Huh. Take 30 yeah, seconds yeah, to yeah. visualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally,
1: totally, totally. Um, yeah.
0: And, and you know, basketball players and sports, we do it a lot in sports. The whole, excuse me. <coughs> yeah, right.
1: About that.
0: Yeah, uh, um, visualiz- visualization is a huge part of the sports aspect. You know, you see yourself doing, taking a shot. Hitting a goal, doing those sort of things inside of your mind. And and that same mechanism works the opposite as well. And here's what I I do say to people is that it's not something that you really have to learn because you're actually already doing it.
1: You're just doing it the opposite way. You're like worrying, visualizing. Exactly. So (laughs) true.
0: You just have to recognize that you already know the pattern. Now just... You know use that same pattern that you're doing now to but, your advantage to that's your advantage, interesting advantage. yeah
1: right
0: and and again it's a survival thing isn't it so one of our advantages as a human being is that we can imagine the situation what it might be so that we can then avoid the pain the crash or whatever mm-hmm. so we can we can visualize the thing happening but that helps us to avoid but well, that's almost an automatic response. So you just use the same process the other way around. So actually I want to be this in this state for this thing. Let me just run that in through my visualization, feel the feelings that I want to feel. Right. Um, and I can have that now in the present. Yep. So then when I didn't get to that situation, I've already done it. I've already seen it already, which is what your body's doing when it looks at it in reverse. It's like, hmm, If you step into the street now With that car moving at that speed You're going to get hit It's done those calculations Right Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah yeah. yeah. I see what you mean Yeah,
0: so Yeah, so I think this drill is about How do you Utilize that process In a more aware space As opposed to habitual
1: Yeah Walking
0: around I need to read that article
1: Yeah, Yeah, we'll have to put that In the show notes as well But yeah That sounds really good Because there's a lot of You know part of my stuff in in yoga is about bringing those kinds of thoughts. Remember that, you know, remember how we had that conversation about, I can't remember how it started, but it was, we were talking about, um, you know, stuff I had or goals or whatever and, um, and, and things that were holding you back and you said something like, you know, it's the, that quiet voice. What, did, what was that?
0: Yeah, the little tiny voice Yeah, there, the, the really, really quiet one. That's, like, yeah.
1: that's the one whispering to you saying whatever it is you're yeah. saying. And it's, I think that's so true about all of our negative visualization, our negative chat in our head. We don't even know what's happening really. We're mm. doing all of these things, but we're not even really aware that we're doing all this visualization. About what the worst case scenario yeah, could be, yeah. and and similarly, you know, there's a lot of negative chat that goes on in people's heads, and I think it, the first step is actually to bring it into the conscious mind, isn't it? And just to acknowledge that that thought has come in, and then because you can't change it if you if you're not really acknowledging it, and you, mm. just like you were saying, like with the with the little voice, it's not the loud voices shouting in your head going this this this. It's the really quiet one that's yeah. whispering to you. So you have to really get a bit quiet and and listen to that but then i suppose the point is once you hear that voice you can change
0: it. yeah but sometimes we just ignore it though don't we you still you never lose choice and you hear it most times we don't want to hear it and so we're like yeah yeah, yeah whatever yes, <laughs> yes. <Hush. laughs> yeah let me listen to the louder voices because they make you know and that happens in real world as well that you know people say oh yeah this way though we were looking at the um the introvert stuff, I can't remember the lady's name, but you know, when you're in know, meetings in corporate, the, the mm-hmm. person's loudest seems to get the most attention and seem like they know what's going on because they're making more noise. And the more introverted people get overlooked or get tagged with this, oh, they're just shy and they never or participate. Or they don't have anything, yeah, they uh, don't have anything to, to say. To say, that kind of yeah. thing. And um, the same processes are happening in our head, so that really smart, yeah, so true. <laughs> quiet voice is hanging there, knows the answer and you hear it, but well, you go like, nah, that can't be right. Let's listen to the louder voices. Well, and the louder
1: voices <laughs> usually, like I think what that conversation mm. with you ages ago brought out for me is like the louder voices are also saying things you're kind of scared of, Yeah, but yeah. they're just like slightly easier to tackle, so you'd mm. rather listen to them because and, you're like, yeah, that's scary, but it's not as scary yeah. as the little yeah, voice, you it, know, yeah. so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an it's a interesting, fascinating thing, I think, when we start trying to understand how our actual own minds work isn't it in, yeah because
1: you know I think that the thing is you know there's a certain level of um know frustration is just the right word but there's a a sort of dissatisfaction with the just the sort of scientific explanation of the way that we experience emotion in our body you know they talk about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems Mm. and they talk about the fight and flight mode and they talk about our breathing and our heart rate and stuff but for me there's an you know and and having had as much experience as i've had with the energetic body in yoga it's like there is something else there that is the connection between these two things Mm. you know and i think that that can get overlooked and if you over look that aspect and you don't know how to relate to it, or you, you know, you don't know how to watch it, you're sort of missing a key way of like understanding and processing things, isn't it? Cause you don't really, you can't really identify what's going on. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of I, sort of putting all these things together. I kind of wondered, you know, if you have that body element and then you have the mental element, and then if they come together, you know, and you, maybe that's the energetic body slash emotion yeah. thing that can move. That I moves. I think that's almost
0: worth an episode in itself because when you talk, when you say energy to me, I'm immediately thinking qigong, um, and some of the stuff I do on that end, which is it. That, is what, I mean. yeah, 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 that yeah, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, That is what I mean. Not
1: not like your physical. Do you have a lot of energy today no, to no, go no. for a run? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just, just almost yeah. a
0: spiritual kind yeah. of energy. Because yeah.
1: yoga has like there's um they're called the vayu's and they mm. have this is like deep yoga now you know you're sort of beyond where anyone would go in a class but mm. you know there's there's five ways that they've categorized the movement what different kinds of energy movement in the body and sort of they so they're called vayu's which means wind and it's sort of like mm. you have an upward moving vayu and a downward moving vayu and you have you know like all these kind of things so there's and how do we get so divorced on t-
0: from that sort of stuff in everyday life because you think about it, like yoga, me doing and Qigong and things like that. Those are like things you do as, as um, I, know, I would call them as extracurricular activities. Like not everyone yeah. doesn't have to do these things. So how right. do we get divorced from that aspect of our body in everyday life? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I you know, all I can say is that it, it must be related to our obsession with the external because that's the Western model, isn't it? It's like we're science, we want to explore the world. We're not as, we have not put enough attention into exploring ourselves and, even, and an yeah, internal kind the of thing. away
0: from where you and I come from, those things help you to explore the external world. They just make you more better at doing what it is that you're but doing. Maybe,
1: yeah, but I suppose when when you only have that as your focus, you know hmm. that's not the only point it's not just to get better at, at doing well, the I external that, it's also to I that there's I a value in in understanding
0: and i didn't mean better at doing yeah. the external but better at being a human being is what i really mean yeah meant. To, to completely completely more
1: because then also and, and again we're starting to like go off into um, stuff we could talk about for ages but you even. know when you understand you know it's like if we're all just little parts of the massive whole of a universal mm. flow of energy and you start going into physics and that mapping that then understanding how like an experiential understanding but why not you just teach like this
0: stuff in school if it I was that know, important totally. to be in a human being Well it
1: is but there's loads of things you don't teach you know in what I mean? school Yeah totally completely
0: and I mean right.
1: they can I can't even get people to teach conflict resolution <laughs> In school, yeah, but the, but you know? I mean that's
0: I guess that's the question in my yeah. head. It, it, you know, as uh, you know, you get, we teach people how to walk, we teach them how to talk, we teach them how to do other things.
1: Timetables, the
0: timetables. Time so <laughs> we, you know, we, you know we teach all these yeah. things. Why isn't this a part of the? Yeah, yeah. Just a standard part of your Well, curriculum? I suppose because
1: the school is about creating a a good worker, isn't it? It's not about creating a good human.
0: Yeah, but does it, that serve? I no, guess does it still really. serve the society? anymore i don't know if it does anymore or not because that's an old model isn't it completely and you know it's
1: it is this is again like off subject but if you know as i was in this internet safety meeting at at the kids school Mm -hmm. and the it was it was great and the the year six teacher was like you know how he was reflecting on the training he had had saying you know, the kids that are at school now, the jobs that they were gonna have don't even exist yet hmm. because of the way technology is moving and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't, I mean, but of course they're, they're trapped into the government regulations on what yeah. is taught. But you know, knowing that so there's, it, so it's, it's a, basic, a very clear answer about what serves us and yeah. the answer is pretty much not really, but.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking, is there just a base level human and, and as long as you have that master, you're good and then everything else is extra? Bonus, I don't know, maybe yeah. it just seems that... I
1: mean, you can obviously as long as you can walk, eat, swallow, you know yeah. breathe
0: and and because to 'cause I was just thinking then you know, do we not do it because there's so many different schools of thought in that way then then how do you pick which one to do, yeah do you yeah, yeah you know what I mean so does it come down to that, or is it just it was just a, to i don't know' we're, yeah it I don't just know. seems um, it seems very odd, yeah. I guess, is the only phrase that I could come up with. But as you say, we could probably spiral into another whole hour yeah. worth of yeah. material here, but we'll save it for the next conversation. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. It's interesting. Um, and even, and I guess this is my final point, is that even being a practitioner of this stuff, we're still, while well, I'm still subject to just. The humanness. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean. So something will happen, and then you just go into automatic reaction, even though you know better. But yeah, you still can't completely. not be human because it just you're just human. <laughs> yeah. And so then you go, yeah. The,
1: the programming is strong in in it, us.
0: That's it. It is definitely <laughs> strong. I don't even know if we can get rid of the programming mm. Could you we
1: do our best maybe that that's what enlightenment is? is
0: yeah but you know it's hard it's hard because like you had to program your kids and they're gonna have to spend a lifetime unpacking all the stuff you programmed into them but there's no other way around that is there
1: <laughs> but no, it, no 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 there's, no there's that's, not, what no. else can
0: you do I mean you've gotta no, that's
1: right they've got get them
0: to, to survive and the best way that you believe survival and thriving is yeah um and yep. then it's up to them how they Unpack that later on But you do, we do the best that we can yep. To get them where they are until They're responsible for their own Stuff and then they're not going to do the same Thing to their kids so it never ends does it No nope. So yeah, I guess that's just human Alright I think that's it
1: Yeah we'll have another coffee and,
0: Yeah let's have another coffee and uh,
1: Talk to you next week
0: Talk to you next week